Welcome to the Louisiana Sugarcane News Podcast, brought to you by the American Sugarcane League. I'm your host, Sam Irwin. Dr. Kenneth Gravois is the LSU Ag Center Sugarcane Specialist. Dr. Gravois organizes a series of grower meetings after every harvest and reviews the highlights of the season. What happened in the 2018 harvest? I'll give you a hint. It was wet. Here's Dr. Gravois. And we had a lot of this. Uh, we had some acres that, uh, you know, they just sprayed the Roundup on and put a couple of two or three drills of beans on top. And so we did have some failed acres in the state last year. <clears throat> so talk a little bit about hurricane season in Louisiana. You know, that's one of our main seasons. And at the end of May, uh, the National Hurricane Center sent down uh, two aircraft. The top one is the C-130. That's the one that flies at 10,000 feet, makes a crisscross, makes an X through the storm, sends back data. They also, I didn't realize this, but the little Gulf Stream, they send up at 35,000 feet and they crisscross the storm and each has different equipment to take different types of data. Very, very impressive pieces of machinery. Uh, we were able to kind of walk through. I did get a picture with the pilot. Very impressive people uh, that man these uh, monstrosities of equipment. Uh, very, very professional. It was, if you ever get a chance, take advantage of it. So that was the hurricane scene. As bad as the weather was last year, at least we did bypass any major tropical systems, thank goodness. You know, a lot of us talk about 2002 as a year similar to this year. Remember in 2002, we had Liz Isidore and Lily you know, and we were fighting down 384. At least this year, our cane was a not all the way erect, but mostly erect. Only one that really came close was Michael, first week of October. It's the only one that really kind of had us on pins and needles. That was a, it's a pretty big storm. Glad it went to the east. Feel sorry for the folks that had to uh, go through that one. You know, it was a late, kind of a, Kind of a short crop, right? We had to delay planting, or if we did plant, you know, planting ratios weren't great, and we were planting some short cane, and, well, we needed a September with summertime uh, low, that's minimum temperatures at night, and really, September turned out to be a summer month. Really, up until about October 10th or 12th, it stayed that way, and we sure turned our crop around during the month of September and October. <clears throat> You know, our, our uh, you know, uh, Jim mentioned Jim Harper and those guys up to the north. And, uh, man, we were, we were crying for dry days, and they were crying for rain. And uh, they under, they, they, up north was, was really dry, north part of Point Capee, that rapids of oils. And this was early on in the crop. Al had cut one of his uh, ripener tests, and uh, Michael and uh, Collins had cut one of the nursery trials at uh, Blake Newton's place. And uh, I just couldn't help but put a couple of bundles of 540 side by side to show you the growth that we had down south compared to some of the drought situation they had up north. So six years in a row, above average rainfall. Not a lot above average, but um, you know, this past year was 
above average for rainfall. It really wasn't the amount of rain, but I'm going to go over some data, you know, that show the number of rain events. So I've got a 60-year data, uh, 60-year rainfall and temperature data set. So I'm 60 years old. Well, in 10 days, I'll be 60. So it's like, all right, in my lifetime, trying to figure out what's been the wettest set of months. So if we look at August, September, October, let's just call that planting season. You know, 1970, 82, 85, that's the total rainfall for those three months, and that's the number of rain events. How did that compare to 2018? It's not like we had much more rain than that, but look at the number of rain events. Remember going back to the shop one day after getting rained out for the umpteenth time, and I told the farm manager, I said, it's death by 100 drops. You know, I mean, two-tenths, three-tenths, then you get eight-tenths, maybe you get a big one, but, I mean, it's just the number of consistent rain events that really made it a challenge. So that left to some unplanted acres further south you go. Assumption. What Al did a survey, 35%. Uh, Lafouche and uh, Terrebonne Parish, 40% unplanted acres. So then we looked at August through December. And this is where I think it's really unprecedented. You know, you've seen years where you can't get the crop planted, you've seen the wet grindings, but, you know, to put them back to back together, as far as I can tell, in the last 60 years, we've only had one other year where that's happened. The data that I'm reporting from is uh, Generet. I kind of figured that's more the center of the belt. If I'd have done this in Raceland, I guarantee you these numbers would be so much bigger. But you can see um, 1982 and 2018 really kind of stand out in the last 60 years. And that left us some unharvested acres. And right now, Al and Herman and I were talking. They're still cutting cane today on BioLafouche, sending that to Lasuka. And what we thought would be a lot of unharvested acres may end up being maybe a thousand, two thousand, a whole lot less than we thought maybe a week or two ago. So <clears throat> it was warm like we talked about. Anytime we have a warm fall, cane initiated. This is some uh, 09 840. That's the, one of the brothers and sisters of uh, 804 that didn't get released. It flowers real easily on the carts and that's in Vashray, and uh, that whole field was in flower when they were cutting it. And when you, you know, whenever, whenever you flower, you break apical dominance, and, you know, the side lateral buds start germinating, and that's just a bundle of 838 that we cut from a flowered plot, and you can see the uh, axillary buds starting to move. <clears throat> well, it got cold. This was a field just north and a little bit east of our church point. And uh, these temperatures are from the Dean Lee Experiment Station. So right at the northernmost part of the belt, 29, 25. And then a, kind of another freeze on December the 11th. So <clears throat> I think this is uh, data, uh, weather temperatures out of Homa. And uh, that's, again, that, that, that picture is the day after the picture on the right uh, in Blackberry. That's in Vashery. And brown cane up north and green cane down south. And really it was a tale of two crops. You know, the people struggling to make sugar up and down south, the people struggling to make, make sugar under, under less than ideal conditions and way more heavy land. So, again, 
quite a challenge to get it all out. Dead growing points, growing points that are tinged but not dead down south. <clears throat> I throw this picture up here because, um, you know, did a lot of searching in the literature after the cold spell and, and ran across uh, this literature out of South Africa. And, and I had been to this site uh, in 2013 when I went to review their uh, program, and they had 384 and 540 um, nearby, and it didn't have the cold tolerance of this N37 up there. So I put this up there just to show you that we're not the only ones that deal with cold weather, and, and these are great sources of germplasm for us to get our hands on. We do a lot of variety exchanges with the South Africans. We need to tap into varieties like this. I'm just going to put this picture up here. And look, you can go on Facebook and see a million pictures from the harvest and see everybody's bulldozers and wet headlands and stuff. You know, I, to me, that doesn't define this year. What really defines this year is the growers and the folks at the mill that went in day in and day out with the grit, the resiliency, and the determination to go out there and get a crop in. You just can't imagine it unless you've done it. You can, you can look at it, but unless you've just done it day in and day out. Uh, so again, my hat's off to you for getting the crop in. I'm just very impressed with the job that was done. <clears throat> All right, some statistics for the uh, industry. 459,000 acres. Again, we had a little over 1,000 acres that were failed acres from uh, the previous year's planting. You can see we're stair-stepping up. We expect another acreage increase um, again this next year based on all the information we have gotten from people that have planted. I put this up here. That's all the sugarcane growing parishes, and it just shows the acreages by year. And I, just to look at the right column, those in the, uh, that are highlighted in yellow are just, that's the acreage increase from 17 to 18. And of course you see like, you know, Vermilion, you know, Rapids, Point Capi, uh, St. Landry Parish. I mean, you know, our industry is expanding north and west. And I think it'll continue to do that. Lance and I were talking about uh, Point Capi. It'll likely be, uh, bigger than Iberia Parish, which has long since been the most acreage of any of our sugarcane parishes. So, <clears throat> Crop tonnage, this is through Saturday. Harold sent a revised report. So whatever the mills on the Tesh and uh, Raceland did this week is gonna be added to this. So right now we're at about 16,600,000 tons. Of, that's a big crop. That's a really, really big crop. <clears throat> 1 million, 1.8 million tons of sugar. That's what the usually, market usually has us pegged at. I mean, when it's all said and done, we're probably going to sit right at last year's sugar. But again, you look at the number of days it's taken to get out this crop and the amount of tons to get to the same uh, amount of sugar. Very expensive crop to process and to get out the field. And really, the real expense is probably going to show up next year in next year's crop. Cane yield, 38.8 tons. Um, that 36.6 was the second highest tons of cane per Was it the 99 crop, Herman? Or 12? 99. 99 was the, was, was the high. Th this will surpass the 99 crop. Obviously, it's, um, 
hard to get sugar under conditions like we had this past year. You know, I talked about the 2002 crop. You know what our average sugar per ton was, 96 pole in 2002? It was a 173. It could have been worse. We were scraping 384 out the mud to get in that year. <clears throat> so you put it all together, sugar per acre, we're going to average somewhere around 8450. So again, we still got a little bit of data, but that's not going to move that, that much. So that's two record crops back to back. So again, congratulations for the job that y'all have done. Yep. Oh. Right, the, co the core lab uh, predicts based on 96 pole sugar, and that's why we report. USDA and the federal government reports on raw value. Those numbers will, will be higher and, and will be different, just, just to be clear. So, This is the variety survey. This is the varieties that produce the yield right at 50% of the state's acreage with 299. 540 and 283, still very important varieties for us in the state. 838 acreage was down a little bit, but, you know, 804 is definitely on, on the increase in talking to growers. And we'll show a little bit of yield numbers, and you'll, you'll understand why. I, just to throw up, this was, uh, besides four good-looking guys there, um, uh, my hat's off. Uh, that's uh, Michael Kenty on the left and Herman and, and Alan. I really want to just give a shout out to Herman and Al. Uh, they're going to talk a lot about this, but, you know, you going out and get some funding to register triclopyr, which to me is a game changer. So, and like I said the other day, if you'd have known what we had to sit through in this meeting, you'd have wondered why there wasn't more beer bottles on the table. But I think we were successful. And just to throw a little humor into it, really the big savings on that, we're going to really save on sheep this year, right? Think about what your daddies and grandpas... 1948, talking about controlling Johnson grass with sheep. And now we got these herbicides and these yield potential. If you ever want to know what research does for you, at least it'll cut down on your sheep costs, Okay. All right, going to throw up some yield data from the outfield test. A lot of numbers. They say never make your slides too busy, but, you know, it's always good to have a busy variety slide, right? So you look at the varieties on the left. You can see everything from 540 to 183 is released. Good news is look at everything down there. You've got varieties in the 12 series. So we've got three 12 series varieties up for release in 2019. Got to get used to saying 2019. Then you see the 13 series. Then you see the 14 series. And I think on the horizon, there's some good news uh, in the, on the variety front. So I talked about the, um, so after we get second stubble on the 12 series, you see those three varieties at the bottom, we sit down and make a decision. Maybe we won't release three, but you can see that we've got some varieties that are really comparable. I like 615, it's got good stumbling ability. We've had these varieties in third stubble in the infield trials, and uh, I just, I like a variety that stubbles well. 
615 uh, seems to fit the bill. And again, well, I always like putting the third stubble data up there because I just, again, bullish on third stubble. The thing to point out, you look at the yields of 804 and 299, how do they kind of separate themselves from everything else? 183, uh, hard to get excited about uh, that yield potential, but the 804 and the 299, that's where we need to be, and that's encouraging. Oh, I think that's it. Back to the mental health slide. So any questions, comments, you know, we'll be around later today. But again, congratulations on the crop. Good luck with the start this year. The Louisiana Sugarcane News Podcast is brought to you by the American Sugarcane League. For more information about the Louisiana sugarcane industry, visit lacane.org. I'm your host, Sam Irwin. Thanks for listening. Shields me from relentless heat An afternoon shower possibly But then the temperatures increase The men are working in the fields And trucks are loaded with that amazing tree Sugar cane, sweet sugar cane The sweetness of our sun